On the Pasuk Vayiviyah, Yitzchak Ha'oyel Asara, Imoy, the Yitzchak brings Rivka to the tent, simply means of Sara, his mother. Rashi quotes from the Pasuk the words Ha'oyel Asara, Imoy, and explains that Vayiviyah Ha'oyel, that when he brought her to the tent, she was exactly like Sara, his mother. That is, that as long as Sara was alive, there was a candle burning. Her candle burnt from one area of Shabbos to the next area of Shabbos. There was a special bracha that was in the dough. As well as there was constantly a cloud over the tent. When Sarah passed away, they stopped these three miracles. And now when Rivka comes, they return. So Mepharshim explained that Rashi's diuk is from the word Ha'oyhela that says before those words Sarah Imoy. If the simple meaning would be, as it sounds simply, that Sarah Imoy is translating which tent we're talking about, that is the tent of Sarah's mother, then the regular way how this would have been said is Oihela Sara Imoy without that hey in the beginning of the word Oihela. Oihela Sara Imoy or Le Oihel Sara Imoy. But it says Ha Oihela which means the famous tent. It sounds like we already know which tent it is. So what's the word Sara Imoy doing there afterwards? And this is why Rashi says that in fact there's two statements over here. First of all it says Yitzchak brought her to the tent. So that's statement number one. And with that the matter is closed. And then when it says Sarah Imoy, that's not translating which tent we're talking about. Rather, we're now saying a new thing, that Rivka was exactly like Sarah Imoy. She is just like Sarah. However, the Rebbe says this explanation is not understood. Number one, as we know by Rashi, every single word is calculated, everything is, every single word is precise. So if this is the Pshat, why is Rashi also quoting the word Imoy in his Dibur HaMaskal? Seemingly, the Diuk, the, what's causing him to say, this pirush is the fact that it says the word sora after the word ha'oyhelo. If that's the case, so the word imoy is seemingly unnecessary to quote in the Dibur HaMaschil. Because the whole point is it says ha'oyhelo, why does it say sora after ha'oyhelo? Number two, why is Rashi saying that vaharehi sora imoy, that she's just like sora? It means that as long as sora was around, there were all these miracles and now these miracles return. Why can't we just say very simply that Rivka acted in a way similar to Sarah? Who says there was any miracles involved? Even if we want to say that there's something forcing Rashi to say that there was a miracle, but in Pshutish Mikra seemingly, there's no reason to, to say which miracle it was. And certainly there's no need to say that there was more than one miracle and that it was all of these three things. In fact, in Targum Yoinus of Minazil, who is further from Derek Apshat than Rashi, he actually only brings the one miracle about the candle burning from one week to the next. Says the Rebbe, perhaps we could say that these three details Rashi is actually not getting from the Pshutish Mikra itself. Rather, he's bringing this drasha from the Medrash Rabbah in order to help us understand the Pshat and the Pasuk. And in fact, that's why Rashi is telling us at the end of this, of this Rashi, he says that it comes from Bereshis Rabbah. The Rebbe points out that it's actually noticeable in the manuscripts that these words, Bereshis Rabbah, is Rashi's words himself, not like in some cases where some of the references were added later. But in this case, it is Rashi's words. So maybe what the Rebbe is saying is that in fact, there's no need in Pshutish Mikra to say all these three things. Rashi is just bringing the Medrash in order to explain our Pasuk. But the Rebbe says, even if we want to say that these three things are based on the Medrash, we still have a number of problems. Number one, if that's the case, if it's based on the Medrash, then why is Rashi leaving out the fourth detail that the Medrash says? That Rivka's doors were open wide for guests, just like Sarah. 
Number two, if the Rashi is basing it on the Medrash, then why is Rashi changing the order of the Medrash? In fact, he's reversing the order of the Medrash, saying it exactly the other way around. In the Medrash, the order is first the cloud, then the dough, the bracha and the dough, and then about the candle. Rashi says in an exact opposite order. Besides for all of this, says the Rebbe, it's very difficult to say that Rashi is just trying to bring the Drashas Chazal. The Rebbe says we discussed many, many times, explaining the reason why it is that Rashi usually does not mention the source for his Pirushim, that are based in the Chazal. Because when Rashi brings a Pirush, those Pirushim are really based on the Pshat of the Pasuk itself. In other words, the source for Rashi is not the Medrash, even though the Medrash brings it, but the source is the Pshat of the Pasuk itself. In a case where Rashi brings Medrash Chazal, and it's not completely according to Pshutish Mikra, and Rashi is only bringing it because that's going to help us understand better the Pasuk, then Rashi will usually preface it by saying, Rabbi Seinu Darshu, that this is all coming at Adrasha from, from our sages, etc. So the Rebbe says, therefore, in our case, either way you look at it, there seems to be a problem. If all of these three things are not really coming from Pshutisho Mikra, if, sorry, if they are really all coming and needed based on coming from the words of Pshutisho Mikra itself, then Rashi doesn't need to add at the end, Bereshus Rabbah. On the other hand, if it's actually not Mukhrich, it doesn't have to come from the Shomikra. Based on Pshut Shomikra, you wouldn't say these things, and he's only bringing it as a Medrash Chazal, which will help us in Pshut Shomikra, then Rashi should have started off and prefaced by emphasizing Rabbi Seinu Darshu, that this is a Drasha from Rabbi Seinu, that as long as sorrow was alive, there were these miracles, etc., etc. Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, the difficulty that Rashi actually has in the Pasuk that he's coming to explain are all three words that he quotes in his Dibra Maschil. Which seemingly are all extra. The Torah is coming to tell us that when Rivka arrived with Eliezer, Eliezer immediately, as they're still outside before they come into the tent, already is telling Yitzchak everything that happened on the way, how he met Rivka, etc., then the Pasuk wants to tell us that Yitzchak takes Rivka as a wife. So the Pasuk, all, all the Pasuk needed to say was Vayivyeha Yitzchak. Yitzchak brought her, brought her, or Yitzchak a love. And he takes her and he marries her. What is being added by the words that he brought her to the tent? Says the Rebbe, this tells us that is actually adding something to the conclusion of the Pasuk where it says that he took her as a wife. In other words, the Torah is telling us that what caused Yitzchak to finally decide to take Rivka as a wife, up until now it wasn't decided. What's going to cause him to decide this is these words, because it first says, In other words, even though Eliezer told Yitzchak already about all of the wonderful, miraculous things that had happened, exactly according to the signs that he had set for himself. He also told him about the miracles, how he had Kfitzas Haderech, and how Rivka came as a result of his davening, right when he finished davening, etc. Which obviously is all showing and proving that Hashem wants Rivka as a wife for Yitzchak. And because of her qualities, he's the most fit, she's the most fitting one, etc. And yet, Yitzchak was still not 100% certain that in fact, she really resembles his family completely, specifically his mother, in what kind of tzaddikah she was. And remember, this is the reason why Avram had sent Eliezer to his land, to his birthplace, to find someone from his family, and so on. So he was still unconvinced until, when he brings her, and that's when it then says he took her as a wife. Says the Rebbe, 
Since since it's only now when he brings her to the tent, this causes Yitzchak's decision to marry her, to take her as a wife, we must say that something happened over here, even greater miracles and wonders than that which happened before, which really brought out completely her similarity to the family of Avram, and specifically to Sarah. And Rashi tells us this is hinted in these three words, Ha'oyelo Sarah Imoy. And Rashi is going to explain to us that there are three miracles, because there was a miracle that we derive, that we understand from the word Ha'oyelo. There's a miracle connected to Sarah, and there's a miracle connected to Imoy. So when Yitzchak saw these three miracles, Ha'oyelo Sarah Imoy, that's when he goes and marries her. Says the Rebbe, let's explain this in order. The order of the Pasuk. When it says, the tent, that means we're speaking about a miracle that happened, something associated that distinguishes this tent from all other tents. And that's why it's being called, the famous tent, something unique about it. And this leads Rashi to say that what happened was there was a cloud on top of this tent. How do we see this? Because we learned already in, 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 in the story of the Akedah, it says, that Avram sees the place, the Hiram from a distance. And this was in some way very unique in, in its holiness and so on. That's why it's being called Hamakoim. And we know from there, Rashi told us over there already that what was unique about this place, there was an Anan Kosher Alahar, there was a, a cloud over this mountain. So therefore, when we come over here and it says, there's something unique about this tent, something that distinguishes this tent. It's a similar miracle, says Rashi, that there was a, mi- a cloud on top of this tent, which, which differentiated this tent from all other tents. So that's the hay in Ha'oyala is teaching us that there was a cloud over the tent. Just like Hamakoim, that there was a cloud by the Haramiriya. Next word, Sorrow. Here we're speaking about a miracle that has some special connection to Sorrow. And this we can again understand from something that we learned earlier, again in the beginning of Pasha's Vayero. When the Malachim come as guests to Avram, he himself gets involved preparing them all the food and the, giving them all the food, etc., etc. Says the Torah that there was one exception. The Pasuk says, Avram goes to the tent, he goes to Sarah, he tells her to go ahead and prepare bread, prepare ugois. In, it was matzah. In other words, notwithstanding the fact that Avram put in so much effort for the mitzvah of Achnosos Orchim, to do it all by himself, even though he was suffering such great pain on that particular day. Nevertheless, he's himself going and preparing the ben bakar. He's himself doing all of the work preparing the food. And yet, when it comes to preparing the dough, this he's completely leaving to sorrow. This is something that belongs to her. Says the Rebbe, therefore, when we come to our Pasuk and we say there's something, some special thing that happened, what Yitzchak sees by Rivka, and it's somehow connected specifically to the word Sarah, because again, we're looking at these three words, Ha'oyelah, Sarah, Imud, they all seemed, we said before, unnecessary words, extra words. So what's the word Sarah telling us? In what way is, is this miracle? This is something specifically that's connected to Sarah, as we said before, because it was a special bracha that was found in the dough. Finally, the word Imoy, his mother, so even Ibn Chamish Lemikri, even the little child that's learning Chumash knows, and he notices, even though he didn't actually learn about it yet, but he knows that there's the concept of lighting candles on Erev Shabbos. This is something that you, unique that belongs to women generally, but specifically his mother. So when he learns about a miracle that's connected with the word Imoy, with the mother, 
So Ben Chamish Lamikra right away makes the association that this is connected with Hadlokas Ner Shabbos, lighting the Shabbos candles, seeing how his mother does it every single night of Shabbos. Says the Rebbe that even though Hadlokas Nero is lighting candles, it's not only about, not only connected to Imoy, not only to someone that's a mother, it also is for women that are before marriage, as we'll discuss more in this little later. Nevertheless, not necessarily is it always in every type of situation the same as the lighting of the mother, because it's very, very possible that the Ben Chamesh Lemikra possibly doesn't have any sisters, or that a sister is so small, so young, that she's not lighting it. But definitely there's the idea of Imoy being associated with the lighting of candles. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Rashi doesn't bring the fourth thing that the Medrash says, in which Rivka was similar to Sarah, which we said before, the doors were open wide, etc. Because simply in our Pasuk, we have an indication for three things, which we explain what all these three things mean, and there's no reason, there's no remez in the Pasuk for this fourth thing. Says the Rebbe, there's still one more question. It's all very nice to do with Shabbos candles, but where are we getting the idea from that the Shabbos candles burn so long from one Erev Shabbos to the following Erev Shabbos? Even if we want to say that they burn just a whole 24 hours, that would have been something like that. That would have also been already a great miracle. Why are we saying it's from one Erev Shabbos to the other? Says the Rebbe, this is why Rashi adds the words Bereish Rabbah at the end. In other words, in Derech Hapshat is actually, we don't actually know exactly how long they burn. Again, from the Pshat, we would understand that it's Shabbos candles, but we wouldn't know necessarily how long it, was, it burnt. But that's what says in Bereshia Sraba that it burnt from one end of Shabbos to the other. So again, just to summarize, a main, one of the main points is that Rashi doesn't say Rabbi Seinu Darshu because Rashi is taking it all from the Pshat of the Pasuk. There's just one detail that we need the Bereshia Sraba for just to indicate exactly how long the miracle lasted for. Says the Rebbe, but according to this, we now have even a bigger problem with the order of Rashi. Again, Rashi's order was first about the candle burning from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos, then about the bracha in the dough, and finally about the cloud over the tent. But now we see, not only is this the opposite order of the Medrash, but in fact, now it's the opposite order of how they're hinted in the Pasuk, based on what we explained. Ha'oyel or should be, Ha'oyel is first the cloud, Sara is about the dough, and Imo is about the candle. But Rashi says in the reverse order. First the candle, then the dough, and then about the cloud. Says the Rebbe, we cannot say that the order that Rashi is saying is in accordance to the order of how these three things happened by Rivka. Because even if we want to say that she arrived on an Erev Shabbos, before nightfall, so the first thing is that she's lighting Shabbos candles, but the Rebbe says, but the miracle that it's burning from one air of Shabbos to the next air of Shabbos, we definitely, that we don't see right away. That's only going to be seen later. So first, definitely the cloud, which Rashi again mentions last, would have been something that would have been seen earlier. So Rashi seemingly should have gone in the order of the Pasuk and in the Medrash, with Anon Kosher ala oil. And in fact, this seems to be also the order that it would have happened. The first thing that happens by coming into the tent, when Rivka comes into the tent, immediately there's a cloud. Then there's the bracha in the dough, which is a miracle that could be seen as soon as she starts getting involved with the dough. And only afterwards is there a nest of a candle burning from one end of Shabbos to the next, which really would take a whole week to be able to finally see the proper aspect of that miracle. So the question again is on the order of Rashi. It says that the explanation is, since the idea of Ha'oyel Asara Imi we just explained, is what caused Yitzchak 
to finally decide to take Rivka as a wife. In other words, this is what made him realize that she's completely identical to Sarah, his mother. It's understood that first and foremost, what he's concerned with is the comparison and the level of tzitkos, of how righteous she is, about her actions and so on. And this is why, says the Rebbe, Rashi brings first the miracle of the candle burning from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. In other words, the first thing that Rashi brings is the mitzvah that she's doing. That brings out her quality, her tzitkos, her righteousness in fulfilling a mitzvah. But that, a mitzvah is only this first one about lighting a candle. Then comes from the, the broche and the dough, which is also connected to something that she's involved in, something that she's doing, but it's not a mitzvah, kneading the dough. And finally comes something that's completely really outside of her actions. The fact that there's a cloud over the tent. So here we're not speaking about a mitzvah. It's not even an action that she did. There's a cloud over the tent. Therefore Rashi goes in this order because we want to first focus on the things that she did and specifically the mitzvah that she has done. Says the Rebbe, one of the amazing and wonderful things that come out of this Rashi. Since Vayikach has Rivka, Yitzchak marries Rivka only after he sees this idea of the candle burning from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos, as discussed. What we understand from this is that Rivka's conduct of lighting Shabbos candles, clearly it was being done before she got married, because again, Yitzchak only marries her after he sees this. Furthermore, according to Rashi, how old is Rivka at the time when she gets married? She's three years old. This is an age where there isn't even any obligation for mitzvahs. And nevertheless, she's already then fulfilling the mitzvah of Adlokas Neiris. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, this was a very important main simon, a main idea of clarifying that she is similar to Sarah, and for Yitzchak to decide to go ahead and marry her. Especially, says the Rebbe, that even without Rivka lighting Shabbos candles, there would have been Shabbos candles at home. Because Avram Avinu, as we know, fulfilled all of the Torah, even mitzvahs that Abanon, as Rashi himself also says. And the halacha is that if the wife is not lighting Shabbos candle on Erev Shabbos for whatever reason, then the husband has to do it. So we need to say that when Sarah passed away, Avram and perhaps Yitzchak as well were lighting Shabbos candles every Erev Shabbos. Nevertheless, Rivka does not suffice with that, with the lighting candles of Avram Avinu, who's a god oil. He's already an adult. He's definitely Mukhuyiv in the mitzvahs that would happen, whichever way it was possible then. And nevertheless, she goes ahead and lights Shabbos candles again, even though she's a young three-year-old girl. Says the Rebbe, from all of this we have a very, very clear hayrah, and this is in connection to what we discussed already many, many times. That not only do, do those girls that are already over bas mitzvah, even before the chasen, and needed to be lighting Shabbos candles, but even very, very young girls at three years old, which are not even mechuyiv b'mitzvahs yet, as long as they are able to understand and appreciate the idea of lighting Shabbos candles, we need to educate them in this mitzvah of lighting Neir Shabbos Kodesh, even if there are others lighting, the mother or others that are lighting Shabbos candles, and they are mitzvah voices, those are already, the, the adults are commanded to do it, they are mechuyiv alpidin, and nevertheless the little girl should light as well. Now even though Rivka was, even though she was three years old and she was definitely much more mature and intelligent than regular girls of that age, as we see clearly with the whole story with Eliezer, how he's being so medayic and looking into her actions, etc. And in fact, her das, her knowledge was needed to agree to the shidduch, and as Rashi says, we actually even learn from here that we don't marry a woman, any woman, even a gdoyla, we don't marry unless we have her consent, so definitely Rivka was on that level already. 
But nevertheless, bottom line is, since she's no more than three years old, and this is a long time before Bas Mitzvah, so Alpi Din Torah, she still has the Din of Aktana. And yet, she is going ahead and lighting Shabbos candles. Says the Rebbe, another amazing thing that we see over here. As mentioned before, Avram Avinu certainly would have been lighting candles on Erev Shabbos. And as Torah says, that Avram was Boba Yomim Vashem Beirachas Avram Bakoil, that Hashem benched Avram in everything, Avram was complete in everything and so on, which doesn't only mean Begashmis, it certainly means Beruchnis as well. And nevertheless, in Avram's lighting of candles, or in Yitzchak's lighting of candles, we didn't have this amazing miracle that had burned from one end of Shabbos to the next, as was the case by Sarah's lighting candles, and then by Rivka's lighting candles when she's three years old. Says the Rebbe, here we see this amazing, amazing power that the idea of lighting Shabbos candles has, even of a little three-year-old girl, or three-year-old girls, which every single one of these girls are a daughter of Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, that when she lights Shabbos candles, she's illuminating the house for the whole week, all the way till next day of Shabbos. Now there is a bit of a difference, of course, that by the lighting of Sarah and Rivka, when they lit, so it also impacted and it illuminated the house in an open way, but Gashmi is also to the ha- in, of the house. In other words, the Gashmi is like a candle in a miraculous way, also burnt from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. But in truth, this really happens by every single girl lighting Shabbos candles. That is, even though that Begashmi is with our eyes of flesh, we don't see it. But in truth, since Maisa of a Simon Lebonim, what the Avais did, this gives the power for the children to be able to do the same. So every single girl, Basara, Rivka, Rachel, Valeya, has the Koyach, the Mitzvah, the light of her Mitzvah, of her Shabbos candles, should also be Poyal for the whole week, should also impact the whole week. Says the Rebbe, another amazing thing. Specifically now, connect, connected with the lighting of little girls. When Chazal speak about the amazing idea of learning Torah, the breath that is created through learning Torah, and that the whole world is, is, is standing on the breath of Torah, the Gemara says that this is specifically speaking about the breath that comes from the little children, Hevel Sha'in Bechet, the breath that doesn't have any sin, of little children, they're before the age of mitzvah, they're before the age of obligation, and so on, so they don't have any Averis. Says that ever from this we could also understand, when we speak about a little girl lighting Shabbos candles, it's being lit with a hand that doesn't have any Avera. The Rebbe says, but according to this, we need a little bit more Tzarech we need to look into it, that this special quality would really apply then to all mitzvahs and all things that little children, boys and girls do for Chinuch, and we don't actually find in Sforim discussing and explaining this idea. Says the Rebbe, the reason why in fact, it's specifically the candles of Sarah and Rivka, and so too the candles of their daughters, all Yiddish women and girls of all times. Why they are the ones that burn from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos, and not the candles of Avraham, and generally of, of men, of the Bnei Yisrael, could be understood based on the Maimur Azal, that explains to us the difference between men and women. That the job of the man is, he brings the wheat into the house. What's the job of the woman? She's the Azer Kenegdoi. She takes those wheat and now she's going to transform it in to food that people could eat. In other words, Hashem put it into the nature of the world. He made it in a way that Ish, the man, Darkoi Lichbash. It's his, it's his Indian to go out there and to conquer. It's his Indian to go out there and to deal with the world, to get involved in the world and bring those things out from the outside world into the house. 
But then, it's the job of the woman, who she's called Kvuda Bas Melech Panima, specifically, as the Pasuk says, that the glory, the honor of the princess is to remain indoors. So she's in the house, and there as the Akeres Abayis, as the mainstay of the house. It's her job to be involved inside the house, to fix everything, to correct everything, to transform the things that were brought in from outside, that now they should become fitting for human consumption, and Kivayochel, also fitting for Adam Elion, for Hashem, in other words, taking the things from the outside world and making them more godly. And this is why, when Avram benches Licht, since this is not his job to get involved with the needs of the inside of the house, so therefore it didn't impact to such a degree that a miracle should happen, that the whole house should be illuminated with all of the gosh music and things. It didn't happen more than just by, than that which comes by nature, that the candle burns as long as it burns. Because that's not his avoid. It's specifically Sarah and Rivka. And after them, so to all the, those that are the daughters of Sarah and Rivka, all the Yiddish daughters, which Hashem gave them the task, gave them the shlichos to be involved in the needs of the house, to accomplish and to transform the gashmis, the things of the home, they have the shlichos, they have the koyach, to influence and to illuminate through, with their candles the whole house, and in fact also during the whole time. So that all the weekdays, all the following weekdays, we see that this is a house in which a daughter of Sarah and Rivka had lit the Shabbos candles. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand another aspect of the order that Rashi actually says. Mepharshim say that the three ideas that Rashi brings, the candle burning from one end of Shabbos to the next, the broche and the dough, and the cloud over the tent, are also corresponding to the three mitzvahs that were specifically given over to Yiddish women and girls, to, to Yiddish daughters. So, the idea of challah, the mitzvah of challah, the mitzvah, the things associated with nido, with taras, amishpacha, with family purity, and lighting Shabbos candles. So by lighting the Shabbos candles, what happened was, as a result of this mitzvah, the neir doluk, the candle burns from one area of Shabbos to the other. By being careful in the mitzvah of challah, this brings that there should be a special bracha in the dough. And by being careful in the mitzvahs associated with the idea of nidah, where their zoicha too, anon kosher al oil, to have that cloud over the tent, which means that purity brings to the cloud, the cloud of the shechina. Says the Rebbe, according to this, we can now understand that in time, the way things work in, in, uh, in order is exactly the way Rashi put these three things, which are connected with the three mitzvahs. That is, as soon as the little girl reaches the age of Chinuch, the first thing we immediately do with her is we start lighting Shabbos candles with her. And that's why Rashi brings the first thing, Ne'er Doluk Me'er of Shabbos, Light of Shabbos. Then when she becomes older, and she starts helping out in the house, including getting involved with the dough as well, and that's the second thing Rashi brings, Baruch HaMetzuyah and only later, once she'll get married, she'll be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Nida, Taras HaMishpacha, which is the idea of Anon Kosher Al-Oil, with a cloud being over the tent. The Rebbe concludes, and this in the Sikhas in big bold words, from all of this we understand the tremendous chus that there is in the Ishtadlis and putting in the effort to make sure that every Yiddish girl, as soon as she's of the age of Chinuch, should be lighting Shabbos candles every single Erev Shabbos Kodesh and Erev Yom Tif. And through lighting Shabbos candles, will be Zoycha, as it says in the Yalkut Shemoyni, to the Neiris Tzioin, that Hashem will show, Bekarev Mamish Bege'ula, Ho'amit Ezva Shleimah.